0: bonus episode of hit hit different smash jeff fennec style old reference we are joined by what's so not mr chris emerson Woo! So Sophia Molly's hanging around for this. Uh, she's a pinch hitter today. Our other co-host, Marcus T, couldn't come in. Guess who came through? Mm-hmm. Look. 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 <laughs> That's look. what she had to say. <laughs> look,
1: no, I am happy to be here. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm, I'm here for the good chats and the good energies. And that was actually, that was probably one of my favorite ones to listen in on. Oh, awesome. I love hearing about people's processes and how they didn't go insane over the last year. And I'm, I'm super stoked that you're able to keep so active.
0: Take us back to the first time in your life where music hit different for you and what the song was and what the context was and how you felt. Mm,
2: The first time in my life. For a lot of my life, I just heard whatever my parents listened to or whatever was on the radio. And then when I was like 12 or 13, I watched my first bodyboarding films and that's where I heard, I think the band I heard that changed everything for me was At The Drive-In.
1: Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. And and I was like, what on earth is this? They're like singing out of tune, <laughs> the, the guitars are out of tune, but the energy was right. And it, mm. and like I hadn't heard anything like that. And then I was obsessed with rock music and, and particularly that kind of field of it um, for quite some time. And then when I was 17, I snuck into the big day out uh, in Sydney and I snuck into the – I went into the boiler room and I heard justice and I heard <sighs> – Solax and I heard Ajax and I heard the presets all for the first time. I'd never heard any of them. And I was like, What on (laughs) on earth? What on earth is this? I did not know you could do this. That was my thought. I was like, I didn't know this was possible. This is everything Mm. that I loved about rock music, particularly the style of rock music that I liked. But then it's just been processed and transformed into these sounds that I didn't even know were possible. And then I was like, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do dance music. I'm going to learn. I'm going to DJ. I'm going to learn how to produce. Like, this is my life in that moment. So good. Waters of Nazareth. Justice. That was Just literally, absolute. that was it. That was it.
0: Yeah. 100%. You know, that Soul wax, fun fact, Soul wax told Justice on tour, they said, oh, by the way, you know, we've, um we use one of your drum sounds. They're like, what? And they showed them the, the drum sound that Solax had sampled from Justice, and they've used it on so many fucking remixes. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: They're like, I
1: love that. Yeah, That's so funny.
2: <laughs> I think I used to hear I used to hear Solax remixes and be like, that sounds kind of Justicey, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. just I just, just give it a little that uh, little look. Uh, I. I loved that era of Justice the most. And this is before their cross album. That's the era I loved when they were playing other people's records, when they were doing so many remixes. They had Mr. Wiser remixes. Mm-hmm. They had like a uh, Franz Ferdinand remix. They had... MGMT you know, remix. Mm-hmm. That MGMT mm, remix. Girl. I-, I liked when they were really just being very wild. And I think they got a bit more refined. And for me, it wasn't what I was into as much when they refined themselves. A little more. I liked the rawness. And I like the wildness. And there's this, like, I Love Techno like a, a set that they did in 2006. And that was what I saw when I got home from that festival. I went and Googled Justice and I was like, what is this? And I saw that set and it was <laughs> such <laughs> a mix <laughs> of different artists and, and sounds. Like I think there was even, like, Sebastian Ingarosso and, and stuff that was a bit more progressive but mm-hmm. then s- mixed up with, like, rock music and, and, and f- some French producers and, you know, some of that sort of Solax world kind of stuff. It was a wild time back then. Mm,
0: yeah, completely agree. And I must admit, Justice, I'm. There's people like Milo who I loved didn't really come through for us. Justice haven't really come through for us. But sure, that they've given us something great. But sure. I just wanted so much more. Mm. Like I, I think about Milo at least once a week and think, <laughs> like I hung with him once at Plastic People <laughs> once in London one How can you make Destroy Rock and Roll, you know, into my arms and everything? Mm. And and just nothing, nothing. What? Where'd he go? He's left your So hanging. yeah, yeah, he's left me. Home. We still thank Milo for his service. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah so I never, a, I never get yeah.
2: like that with artists either. Like I, I don't like just because I didn't like the way they went. It, it doesn't mean they went the wrong way. You know, mm-hmm. they went totally. the way they wanted to go, and that's mm-hmm. more important than pleasing me, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. perhaps I'm not able to keep up with where they're at mentally and where we're at, where they're at artistically. Mm-hmm. So I gotta a respect when it. they do that more so than give it you know bring it down so Mm -hmm. you're
0: artist i'm journalist you're nice i mean (laughs) (laughs) but no i completely hear where where you're coming from uh and tell us okay so the next moment so you have you have this boiler room big day out moment and then what's the next thing that really slaps you upside the head
2: the next big thing after that was probably hearing a flostradamus remix of um a major laser record original don yeah, and original Don. I I was playing this nightclub in Sydney, and Sindon came and headlined. If you remember Sindon who was I like a yeah. yeah. I think he he even works. He was working with Sweated Out for quite a while. I think he might still be now. And he dropped the unreleased major laser record, Original Don, and it was a hard style track. And I'd never heard anybody drop a hard style track because in Australia we're very like you know we we sort of pigeonholed with what we liked and what yep. people played. And I was like oh shit this is wild (laughs) and I heard that record and then I heard what Flustradamus remixed it into and it was the first time I'd heard like a modern version of uh, like an EDM producer producing trap music and where that goes and how that feels and how much energy is in that like when just how hard the bass pushes and how hard everything hits like it wasn't like anything I'd heard before and there's so much space it's half time so like you can just have huge bass sounds pushing and holding and holding and then pause for a snare and then a little bit of an air gap and the big bass sound. And mm. it's like the speaker just like rocking like this, you know, like all that rhythm stuff and dubstep. But it was like dubstep, but it was clean. He's, he's
0: rocking back and forth and pushing his hands. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually become a speaker.
2: Because dubstep was like so wild and interesting, but it was also very harsh. And mm, then this mm. was a version of that. I was like, oh, this, this sits between dubstep and hip hop. That's yeah. the field it's in. And that opens a lot of doors. And then there was also a lot more room for beautiful melody and soft synthesis and mm. um, warmth and pads and, and all kinds of things. Whereas dubstep was very much, uh, very much functional, particularly the bro step stuff. It was like, yeah. no, nah, it's got to be this sound because that's the most <laughs> abrasive and that's the loudest. And this drum can only be this tone because that's going to hit the hardest and hold yeah. there. And, but it just gave more room to move. And I think that's what drew it to me. And then, You know, listen to Rusty and Hudson Mohawk and all those guys um, as well who do very, very tasteful versions of of this stuff that, you know, we all sort of jumped in towards. Um, So that was another moment.
1: Speaking of um, an artist like Major Lazer talking about, like, those real time-defining moments of especially electronic music, you know, I have so many festival memories attached to a group like major laser and then all of their offshoots as well like that's kind of where we started to see more of that um i guess cross-pollination of producers like diplo starting to branch out and work with vocalists in other genres and- jessica <laughs> exactly Ezra, and making them massive crossing over and making them mainstream hits as well like you know i think back to you know those early park life tours and and just seeing like djs coming together and 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 really starting to collaborate in a way that we hadn't seen over here before it's it's really interesting to again look at it objectively now Mm. and see just what was happening here at that time because you know i've interviewed musicians a lot in the past who would tour out here for like the laneway festival in its early days or the big day out or Soundwave, or many of them would always talk about park life and being like, you know, you'd have artists on tour who would never be able to get in front of each other for a span of time being on the road in the U S or on the UK circuit, just because it's, there's always so much happening, but coming out to Australia, you're coming so far out and you're sharing that experience in a bubble with these artists as well. And so you're seeing, Really interesting projects starting to come through. You're seeing Steve Aoki starting to collaborate with hip hop artists more, off the back of doing Park Life and doing club after shows. You're seeing Calvin do the same thing, but yeah, you mentioning Phostredamus and Major Lazer in particular, I was just like, oh, far out. That's like that took me back to being in those sweaty crowds.
2: I totally agree on the Park Life thing. Like even becoming friends with some of these artists that I used yeah. to watch at those festivals. They say the same thing, and I think that's what you're saying. Is like. Mm that that's some of their best memories in his in the history of their careers mm. because for that very reason when you tour australia it's so far away from everything else it's not like when you go to europe or you go to america and there's like america there's 50 other cities you could stop off in so exactly most are you can to, split off you know they got big they got big touring parties and they're trying to make banks so they can afford to keep everybody on the road exactly. so they're gonna not hang around for the three days and do whatever with everybody else they're gonna rush off and go to a headline show in in new york or la or san francisco or wherever it is and the same with europe you just get a train somewhere and you're suddenly another country and it's so expensive to be idling and stationary but they made it work in australia the fees were usually a bit higher or or made Mm. it affordable or they covered the cost of hotels for all your crew and your staff and the internal flights and they chartered planes and whatever else was going on um and it's just like this touring circus of all these artists, and you just start to be you know sitting next to people on the plane and get chatting and whatever, and then go hang out and go see their set. and And everyone's got this relaxed vibe because it's quite beautiful here. It's a nice country, very coastal. Everyone's going to the beach together hanging out. You can't escape. you know you're here for at yeah, least exactly. one <laughs> mid- w- one, <laughs> one midweek. One, one midweek, probably two midweeks. And you're going to be wanting to look to get in the studio and make some stuff and have some fun and, yeah. and go on some trips and see some sights. And I remember A-Track was one I talked to and he he looked like just loved Park Life so much and loved the camaraderie mm. everybody had. And even would do things like just get on a flight by himself or with a few other people and go down to Tassie and go to Mona Museum and, you know, just like that's the kind of stuff that they were doing. Yeah, so good. Have
0: you done like a Groove in the Moo or, or a Laneway Festival you've toured around?
2: I think I've done all of them mm-hmm. <laughs> i've done like i've done stereo like t- the tour i think i've done twice mm-hmm. I've done laneway once i've done groove in the mood twice what's the new year's one there's like field day origin yeah. i think it's now yep, summer in days yeah
1: going all the yeah. way back yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> Didn't get Summer Days. I think that stopped before <laughs> No, nah, mate, I you was snuck in. in you <laughs> snuck into Summer Days.
0: We <laughs> saw you under the fence. Uh, Sneaky. I, I actually,
2: I actually, I could find this for you. I have a photo that I found of me losing my shit in the crowd in 2009. Steve a- it's a photo from Steve Aoki on stage, and I can see myself. I can see myself <laughs> in cute. the crowd, like, Midway, and I know because I'm wearing. Remember, um, dictation was that. Oh my that, god! Um, I was wearing a dictation T-shirt. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'll find this one. Yeah, yeah. I'll send it. It's so funny. That is brilliant. I'm loose as shit too. I'm capsule. <laughs> I
1: love
0: it. Speaking of being loose as shit, we um quite uh, openly talk about drug consumption sometimes in this show. Mm. Um, you seem like a, a lot of DJs. I, I spoke to Armin van Helden recently too, and he's just like, "Yo, man, you know, I had one." One crazy song, and that was it. It's just basically like you know, if you if you kept that up, kept the craziness up all the time, you would be dead. Mm. Uh, how do you go in the, with all the temptations of touring and people sort of saying, "Come back to the after party," and it's it's endless, especially mm. in a dance world where everyone wants a piece of you and everyone wants to make you happy, like mm. you just made them it's happy.
2: It's very loud. This could even come into one of my my big experiences that changed everything. Not so much hearing a song, but it was actually the first. Night, I started touring in America, ever. The first show, I just drank, but went really hard. We went till 7 a.m. We're celebrating. I just played my first ever show in America in New York at Webster Hall, which is like such an iconic venue there. And then the next day, I had to fly to Vegas to do my first ever show in Las Vegas. I didn't know that that was really far away. I got on the plane. (laughs) I I didn't know that there was a three-hour time difference. So suddenly, I'm having to do a two-hour set in... New York time at like 5 till 7 a.m. Um, and Vegas is a very different city too. Like you, mm. what they want musically is not what they want at your local base event or nightclub or house club or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. very different, very particular. And I had no tour manager because I couldn't afford it. And I slept through the start of my set because I was just hung over <laughs> and confused oh and jet lagged. And that doesn't fly very well in Vegas when they're paying you way too much money to do a job that's not that hard. <laughs> Quote. And and I, was, I said to myself the next day, I was like, all right, I think I have to stop drinking, like stop everything mm-hmm. else and stop drinking because I don't think I'm going to get through this. I don't think I'm going to be able to have this amazing opportunity and this career if I'm just out hanging out with everyone. And I got very disciplined after that, and I um, I would still drink occasionally, but it became like a once every two month thing. yeah, and I was like, "Oh, this is so much different now. this is such a different way of living. Um, but I became so focused, and I just studied my craft and my work, and everything got easier. It got mm-hmm. easier to manage the the chaos, like you, like i I went to America with a day's notice.
1: i I got told
2: like by my my visa lawyer they're like if you want this to happen you need to leave tomorrow morning just on a whim and i had been overseas like twice in my life wow and and i just got on the plane and went and i had a hotel booked for three days in la and that was it and then i was on my own um and i had 35 shows in 40 days no tour manager, just sort, sorting out myself um, with a few people helping out who are back in Australia, and that was it. Just and that's Still CD
0: era or USB era? Are we still playing CDs or <laughs>
2: USBs at that stage? This is USB era. I think USB era kicked in about 2012, 13. Yeah. Mm-hmm. CDs weren't great. <laughs> CDs <laughs> <Why> were not <laughs> a great. It was not I a great know. time. They kept getting alcohol on them, and then they'd start like rotting and like scratches would just pause mid-set and worst. Yeah. Mentally. USBs are phenomenal for powering through different playlists and sets mm. and things.
0: Mm. Uh, wowza. So yes, yeah, so you just, <laughs> sort of had that, just had that moment where you're like, okay, I, I can't do this. Yeah. yeah. Which is, which you is, realized is, your yeah. threshold. Yeah. And that's why you're, you're talking to us today. And you're still around.
2: I think I actually said to myself, I was like, I'm going to die if I try and do this every night. Yeah. Like, I, I will literally die. Like my body won't be able to take it.
1: It's great that you realise that early on, you know? Like, I feel like a lot of times mm. people maybe really go through it to get to that realisation, but it sounds like it happened when it needed to for you. Chris,
2: did you know Avicii? Rest in peace. Uh, I didn't know him personally, no. Um, I did a show with him once. Um, I heard I heard lots of stuff off lots of people. Uh It yeah. sounded very, frust- very frustrating and very sad.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
2: Mm. Yeah. And and like it's sadly the quintessential story too. It's just mm. yep. You know, people people push us to our limits. Mm. Sometimes creatively and that's a good thing, but still they have to be careful with that. And sometimes it's just business and that's yep. not cool. Mm. You know, like we don't <laughs> we don't need that bit of extra money and they pro- mm. like no one probably does like mm. don't push for those reasons. They're not good reasons to push.
0: So I made a good point, too, is just how loud it is. I know as I DJ quite a bit. so I'm half DJ, half journalist, fool. Mm. Um, and some nights, you know, you do have to mentally prepare yourself and physically prepare yourself. Tell us about some of those nights where you're like, I'm uh, not really in the mood to have, you know, club system smash me across the face. Obviously, you can turn the monitor down, but you're still in an environment where your ribs are rattling, you know?
2: I don't ever have a problem with the sound because I just wear earplugs, but I have a problem with needing to be on. When I don't feel on. Yeah. Mm, mm. There's this thing I have in my head where if I'm ever on stage and I feel tired, I'm really mad at myself. And I'm like, I need to be exercising more. I stayed up too late doing stuff I shouldn't have last night. I cannot be up here and feel tired. I need to be up here giving everything I possibly can at every moment and not take this for granted. And some things I worked out to solve that is... Just having a small nap, um, or even doing like just meditative breathing right before I go on, um, and then having a freezing cold shower. So That's you have cool. a nap, Shocking do some life. breathing, and then you're in the you're in Dresden in the middle of winter. You hit the tap, <laughs> four degrees Celsius. I've literally had showers like in places, and my hair has gone stiff, like it's about to turn to ice. <laughs> <Amazing>. Stelly tights, <laughs> stelly tights. I and you, f- you fucking wake up, then, man. Like oh, that yeah. gets you going, yeah. and then, and just that thing of like, nah, dude, don't be on stage and be lazy. Don't be on stage and be over it. Like, how mm. could you possibly do that? That's disgraceful. Mm. Just like that in your head. Like the second I get that thought, I'm like, fuck you, you fucking idiot. Get, yeah. get your shit yeah. together. Like, let's do it. Yeah. That's alright. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's a free. Full on schedule that you have to
0: to uh, to ne- negotiate. One last one. Uh, mm. th- recently, what's something you know it could have been a Tchaikovsky piece, could have been anything that hit you and you went, "Oh, this is
2: really what I want to be right now." I started listening to a lot of different stuff during COVID. I hadn't taken the time to li- even like you don't think about this, but like internet, you can't, you couldn't get internet on planes. Mm. So like, I'd be out of service all the time, and then when I land, I'm trying to catch up on work stuff. I'm not like. Googling new songs that came out and things. I guess some people I really love are the Noisier guys, the guys from Holland that make really insane drum and bass. I don't know if you're familiar with their work, but um, they disbanded just before COVID and started doing their own solo projects. And I loved all the original stuff. And then like SleepNet is one project that's come out of that. That's um, Nick from Noisier. And uh, just more of this sonic experimental stuff has got me very excited. And it's got me thinking about how music makes people behave and how the physical push of energy from the speakers interacts with the body and how rhythm like like i've got this one song i've been working on that's unreleased and it was cool love i love the song i love the tones i love the vocal love everything but it was just so stiff and i didn't realize that was the problem with it this is the thing of like sitting in a room and studying your craft and turning up really loud and being like what's wrong with this and I just didn't have the <laughs> rhythm and i just added these jangly chick chick like just this jangly percussion with a few toms and stuff. And suddenly I'm like, oh, this is like some dance hall beat, you know? Whereas like, it's just that simple. Like, and then just listening to people's work and studying that. And it helps you understand what you're missing uh, in your own music. So yeah, that's, that's been mm-hmm. something that's really exciting for me is checking out all those guys, very dark, very broody, very big and loud and heavy and, and percussion and bass focused.
0: And what's the name of that track going to
2: be? Angel played by Now. Is I really don't want to check out. Excellent. Yeah.
0: And the one you talked about before as well, uh, where well, you brought in a bunch of uh, different artists to work on it. Uh, what's, what was the name of yes. that? Yes. It's still, it's still coming, so it's going to be called?
2: I've got a name for it, but it's like a working title, so I don't know if I want to say it yet because it might change. Gotcha. But it's it's going to be teased in my Splendor set that I'm doing, the
1: Splendor <laughs> XR set. Ooh, yeah.
2: And how, how do we yeah. listen out for it? Um, You'll know that we make a big huff about it. Okay. It's, it's, it's a virtual reality set. So we did some really exciting and fun things. I've actually, I've been building this whole three-dimensional world with um a guy in the UK and um, getting some help from uh, Lucille Croft on some ideas for it. And uh, it's pretty exciting to like take the music that I make and then... Create, recreate it visually mm-hmm. and translate it into a visual realm. And then we can start to do things like now I can build a show where you can physically come into the visual representation of what it sounds like. Yeah. Because you can step into That's it. Splendor in, in, in the Grass XL.
1: Coming up in a few, mi- a few minutes, in a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: are you just going to kick back with popcorn? Is that is that So it's already been shot and you're just like, you're going to hang out with friends. How are you going to sort of present that and how are you going to enjoy it?
2: This is the future. I just go and shoot it and then it's just (laughs) done. (laughs) Well, that's not true at all. It's so much more work. You have to shoot it and then you have to build it and then you have to critique it. And I have like a builder and then I have a, a, um, sorry, like a creator of the the models, the builds, the worlds. Mm -hmm. And then I have Ronnie, who's my LDVJ, who then has to, translate it all make it all make sense i i go treat the audio send that in and then he's gonna have to run lights live and then i can probably go into the show as an avatar and actually just hang out and watch my myself in, at cool. my own show so matter <laughs> very, very <meta. laughs> sunday
0: july 25th get your tickets now friends and watch it from your home mm-hmm. how good's that mm-hmm. as avatars you know oh god well, maybe you want to take acid god bless you <laughs> Right on, <laughs> friends. We have. Uh, Maybe I can do that too. Hey. I, I, I'm off the In hook. The comfort I can just go and enjoy the Enjoy it. <laughs> do your thing. We've gone from uh, <laughs> sneaking into the big day out, chartering planes so you can get a good wave. Dresden, <laughs> we have stellar tight hair. He's taken us everywhere, folks.
2: Thanks, guys. That was awesome. That was so much fun.
0: He is what so not. Chris Emerson, thanks so much for your time, thanks, sir. Thanks, We've had an absolute blast with you. There's your girl, so say, yeah, yeah, Fucking yeah. Fucking killed it, man. God bless you. Um, Yeah, can't wait to hear the tracks come out, and uh, we'll see you as an avatar on the 25th. Big love.
2: Hey, let's go. Woo!